If you have your Bible, you want to follow along, you can do that. I'm going to read today from the New Living Translation, so it's a, a, a different uh, version. If you want to just listen along, feel free to do that. Um, but I want to just read God's Word. I want us to make sure that we focus in on the reality that this is God-given, God-breathed Word. I want to mention that because this is a common story, but it's not a story. This is the account of a life transformed. And I want to remind us of that, that this is not something that you learned when you were a kid. This is something that Jesus actually did. This is history. So let's not hear it as a story, please. Even though it's really enjoyable to listen to. So in Luke chapter 19, beginning at verse 1, it says this. Jesus entered Jericho. He made his way through the town, and there was a man there named Zacchaeus. Now, he was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road because Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus. He called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your house today. So Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people, the people were displeased. He has gone to, the, to, to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, I am thankful today for his word. I'm thankful for a friend of mine. I've gotten to know Ken in, a, in just a variety of different um, places throughout town. And that's what I love about it is this isn't, say, a cold call from a missionary. This is a guy who I know as a missionary inside of our town bringing great news to people who really need it, people that we might overlook very easily. So we invited Ken to come and to preach today and to share with you about his ministry and share about God's word with you. And he's even brought his family with him, and, and we're thankful for that. So, so Ken, why don't you come up here? And why don't you share that ministry with us? Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Good morning. I'm going to try to avoid using my glasses, so I'm going to bring this up a little higher so I can see. Speaking of seeing, I want to talk about how God sees those things that maybe we don't always see. <laughs> um, but it is a privilege to be here this morning. Uh, again, my name is Ken Hawley. I'm with a ministry called Straight Ahead Ministries. Straight Ahead, what we do is we go into, to, uh, it's a privilege actually, we go into facilities that um, house young people um, for crimes. So they're, they're youth development centers or youth correction facilities or juvenile detention halls, whatever you want to call them. So Straight Ahead Ministries has been around for about uh, 25 years. We're in 19 different states, and we're also in about, uh, I think, six or seven countries right now and growing. So our heart's desire is to go inside, lock up, meet these young people, develop relationships, and ultimately introduce them to Jesus Christ. Our hope is that they would all put their faith in Christ as Lord and Savior, and then we want to disciple them. 
and then we want to come alongside them, of course, when they come out of lockup so that, they can, so that we can help integrate them into our communities, into our churches, um, to be all that God has called them to be. And it's a, it's, I've got to tell you, it's one of the most exciting experiences I've had. I've only been with Straight Ahead now for almost four years. I've been in um, prison ministry for the last ten. I've been volunteering down at MCC. Who knows where MCC is here? Just down the street, Wyndham Correction Facility. I've been going in there for about 10 years now doing chapel. And um, about four years ago, I got introduced to Straight Ahead. Started going into Long Creek Youth Development Center in South Portland. And um, as soon as I walked in, it was a little odd at first, but as soon as I walked in, I began seeing things and feeling things, experiencing things that I had never experienced before. And yeah, God just uh, filled me up with a, with a heart for these young people. So... Anyways, I want to talk more about straight ahead. I, I want to talk a little bit about some scripture that I think really ties into the ministry very nicely. And that's the scripture that Mark just read. Um, but let me just tell you a little bit more about uh, uh, straight ahead before I get into the message. Our, our, we, there's several different, uh, there's only two youth development centers in Maine. And there's a third about to open. All right, there. One that many of you might be familiar with is in uh, uh, South Portland. It's Long Creek Youth Development Center. They house young people from the age. You can actually get sent to Long Creek as young as age 11. And you can age out around age 21. Most of the young people we work with are probably between the age of 14 and maybe 18. And most of them there, well, it's a, it is a maximum security facility. Um, so you could be there for various reasons from Drug-related issues all the way up to murder, believe it or not. Um, most of the kids we work with probably have drug issues. There's another facility up in, um, near Bangor in a town called Charleston. It's about 40 miles west of Bangor. Uh, same, sort of, same sort of facility. We're about to open up another facility adjacent to or actually in the same complex of Mountain View where we're going to start working with kids between the ages of 18 and 25. So for the first time in the state of Maine, Instead of being sent to an adult facility, if you commit a crime at 18, you may have the opportunity to go into a facility where you're with 18 to 25-year-olds. That's a big deal. It's a real big deal. So we concentrate going into these youth development centers here in Maine. My job is um, to direct. Um, I'm, the, I'm the director of Straight Ahead Ministries in Maine here. So I go around and speak to different churches. I'm always looking for volunteers and churches to support what we do. Um, so we're looking for mentors, we're looking for Bible study teachers, we're looking for tutors, we're looking for coaches, we're looking for, well, whatever your passion might be. Maybe you're into woodworking, maybe you're into culinary arts. You know, the, the fact of the matter is there has never been as much opportunity to go in lockup than there has been recently. So many programs have been cut. And these facilities are more and more interested in having the church come in and fill gaps, Fill gaps. It might be a tutor. It might be an art teacher. It might be an assistant coach. These gaps, I guess you could, I, I see these gaps as dark gaps. The facility is actually quite dark. Most of the, all the facilities we go in, you can feel the heaviness. You can feel the darkness. So what my prayer is that since these doors are wide open, let's fill these places with salt and light. Let's invite the church, I, that's what I'm about here. Invite the church in because the doors are wide open. There's never been such a great opportunity before. Let's invite the church in to go in and fill these dark places with his love, with his light. And I know from experience that his love, his light can change everything, can change people's lives, communities. I've seen it. And uh, I, might, I probably was going to, I thought I might mention this a little bit later, but I just, uh, I'm very excited that um, Michael and Natasha are here today. I met Michael um, when he was 14 at uh, Long Creek Youth Development Center. And I'll never forget when I first met Michael. He was a hard kid. He was hurting. There was a lot of pain. He experienced quite a lot of things I won't get into because he is here this morning. Um, he got out uh, just a little while ago, last April. Got out on the streets, tried to make a go of it. Things didn't work out so well. And I was blessed when the, my phone rang and he said, Ken, I'm in trouble. I'm on the streets. I have nowhere to go. 
And uh, um, anyways, I'm long story here, and I'm gonna make it short. But uh, now he lives with us, with his fiance, and they're expecting a child. And uh, we are blessed to be able to help them integrate back into the community as successful individuals, followers of Jesus Christ. So, so that's what we do. We go in, we develop relationships through various programs and events, and then we want to disciple them, and then we want to help them integrate back into the community as followers of Christ. So that's what Straight Ahead does in a nutshell. Most importantly, to do all that, we need to have a good relationship with the staff, with these facilities. We want to be their go-to organization. So if there's a problem, if there's a need, if there's a gap, we want that facility to say, you know what, let's call straight ahead, and, 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 and they can help us fill that gap. For an example, I had a, one of the facilities needed an art teacher. They made us aware of that need, and I was blessed because I could tell the church about that need. And then we found an art teacher who loved the Lord Jesus, and she goes in and she starts doing art classes and being light, being salt, developing relationships with kids. Okay, so that's what we're all about. I feel like I'm supposed to ask you, do you have any questions right now? All right. Um, if you'll, in your bulletin, you're going to find something like this in there. And I'll just say this right up front. We're looking... For volunteers, um, we're looking for you to share whatever gifts or strengths, talents that God has given you. Um, so if you have any interest in getting involved with Straight Ahead Ministries or learning more about it, I mentioned to Mark, I'd be happy to come back at your, to your church on a Saturday morning and do sort of like an orientation where you can learn more about this ministry and perhaps, to, you know, learn, hear from God if he is in fact calling you to be part of this ministry. So if you have any interest... On the back of this, you'll see where you can just fill that out and uh, be sure to give that to Rich in the back, who's my associate, uh, or myself, and we'll uh, try to hook up with Mark in a range of time where we can tell you more about the ministry. So, I got a question for you, church. What is your worldview? What is your worldview? <laughs> Michael's worldview is a lot different four years ago than it is right now, I can assure you that. My worldview has changed dramatically um, since I met Christ. <laughs> um, how do you see the world you live in? What kind of lenses are you looking through? What are these lenses that you're looking through? How does that help you see the world? I think what we believe and what we've experienced in life has a lot to do with how we see the world our worldview. Would you agree with that? I guess my thought is, you know, for me, the Word of God has changed my worldview. I believe the Word of God to be the absolute truth. And once I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and began reading His Word, my worldview completely changed. Do you believe that the Word of God is the absolute truth? And the other part of um, this worldview is not just knowing the Word of God to be the truth, but also I think it has a lot to do with what we've experienced in our life. And so I just want to ask you, and I'm sure this is the case with most of you, but have you experienced God's transforming power in your life? Have you experienced His love, His grace, His mercy in your life? Because if you have, I'm sure your worldview has been changed completely. Shouldn't our worldview as Christians be more like Jesus' worldview, more like the way Jesus sees the world? Do you and I see what Jesus sees? Do we view the world as he does? Does our heart break over the things that break his? And what are we willing to do about it if our hearts do break over those things that he sees? I'm going to show you a YouTube clip to help you get your mind wrapped around what I'm trying to say here about a worldview, about how when Jesus enters into our soul and our hearts, how things change, how we begin to see things differently. 
and how we respond to those things in ways that we might not have in the past. But I, I think those things, those things can't happen unless we understand God's word to be the truth and we've experienced him in some way or another in our life. Would you agree with that, church? That's what alters our worldview or, or causes us to see things maybe that we might not have before Christ? Check this clip out. We're going to watch it. It's called Git Service. I will give you a great idea what, where I'm trying to go with this. When you walk around the grounds of oh. Gainesville State School, you'll see just... Okay, hold on. Back up. We're going to show this clip first. Yeah. I meant to show this earlier. This, this clip that you're going to see, back up a little bit, rewind, um, is to give you a really good idea what it looks like in lockup. All right? You're going to get a chance to meet some personalities of kids that are in lockup. And you're going to get a chance to see how creative we can be inside lockup to develop relationships with kids. Okay? So I'm sorry if I've confused you a little bit. Um, but I really wanted you to see this because, it, again, it's a great illustration of what goes on in lockup and how we can go in and do things to develop relationships with them. So this is a, a school in Georgia. Straight Ahead Ministries is in Georgia. And um, anyways, go ahead. Check this out. When you walk around the grounds of Gainesville State School, you'll see just about everything you would on any other high school campus. There are students, teachers, a computer lab, and a gym. Except here, the students are convicted criminals. It's an incarceration facility for kids that have uh, violated the law. Each day starts at a tiny dorm room they call home. And continues marching from class to class, abiding by a strict schedule. In fact, the one thing that makes them feel like kids again is football. I'm just like you know, remote model on campus, you know what I'm saying? Everybody want to play on the football team. Just to put on a tornado's uniform is a reward, not a right. You must have good behavior and good grades. Not to mention, every game is played on the road, but it's worth it to escape on Friday nights and enjoy a small piece of freedom they gave up. But each week, there comes that constant reminder of who they are and what they've done. They don't treat us as a regular person in the world. They treat us like we're just some alien, just from somewhere out, just out of nowhere. I mean, they look at us like animals in a cage, like we don't deserve a second chance or another opportunity to be something in life. After hearing the ridicule and losing eight straight weeks, the Tornadoes were once again on the road, traveling to play private school power Grapevine Faith for the first time, who had moved up a division. Their head coach, Chris Hogan, had a game plan in mind, and it had nothing to do with football. We were going to show them that in this country, if you make the right decisions, people will get on your side and support you. And it doesn't matter what your background is, you can make it. In a selfless suggestion, Coach Hogan sent out an email and requested his fans, his players, parents, do something so out of the ordinary in the football culture. He asked them to cheer for Gainesville State. These young men will not have any fans outside of the faculty from their own school. Their parents will not be there. I want some Lion fans to sit on the visitor side and cheer for the Gainesville team throughout the game. I thought, okay, this is, this is cool that Chris wants us to do this, leading up to it. But getting there that night, it was so easy to transition from being a fan for the Faith Lions to a fan for the Tornadoes. You know, the idea of, uh, of giving and just being there to support those kids, those young men that have never had that before. So for the first time, the always-on-the-road tornadoes would feel as if they were at home. And as kickoff approached, it was obvious something was different. It looked like they thought they were at the wrong end of the field because they know they don't have any fans. And we were just looking. I just looked. I just kept doing my plays. But I seen how they were split up, but I figured they just didn't have enough room on their side. I want y'all to line up in line. They make, they're making a spirit line. I like say what coach? What you say? Can you beat that? And uh, he said they're making a spirit line for y'all to run through. I like that's what's up, sir. That's what's up. When it happened, it was just it was dynamic. It was one of the most unbelievable things I'd ever seen. When I ran through this, like I felt like it was just like some like angels or something. That's just all I felt. I was just running through it as fast as I can. I just feel the wind rushing my face. That feeling of being unleashed lasted throughout the game, and so did the cheers. We had a penalty like the third play of the game, 
and I heard boo and behind me, I turned around and it was the, the great man fan. I remember when I was making like a play, I made a chocolate and people yelling my name. I'm like, I don't even know these people. They were just like ours that night. I, I can remember rooting for their little quarterback and I felt like he belonged to me. Our kids were their kids and their kids were our kids and all kids were the same. It wasn't enough to lead the Tornadoes to victory. As expected, Grapevine Faith won 33-14, and the Tornadoes finished the season 0-9. But it didn't matter, because for the first time in a long time, someone was in their corner, and that alone was worth celebrating. I was like, hey, Alan, this, this is going to get close, man. I don't care. I don't care if we lost tonight, man, because I was feeling good. I I feel like we were in the Super Bowl championship game or something. Like, we won that. I mean, winning, like, in our heart, spiritual-wise, I mean, we won. I've, I've been in state championships of different kinds, and nothing was like this. Nothing. Isaiah and the rest of the Tornadoes will never forget the feelings they had on that night. And while it didn't erase the mistakes they've made, it showed 14 teenagers that regardless of the bad things they've done in their past, there was reason to look ahead. I cried. <laughs> When I, when, when after the game, I went back to my room, I cried. I think that your, your family are the only ones that love you. God ain't the only one that love you. Other people love you too. This is what I was hoping and praying would happen. I hope that it gave them hope. I see the world in a different way now. I mean, I don't just see, like, I'm the victim no more. So much love because, you know, I came from a broken home family. So, I mean, having all that love, it just, just rose my spirits up. They got to be kids that night. They got to be a teenager experience Friday Night Football in Texas. Thanks, Maria. So that really is to give you an idea, um, maybe sort of introduce you to the type of young people we work with, and most importantly, um, the opportunity to love them, and uh, and I just again I just know um, God's uh, love never changes. You know, no matter where we've been or what we've done in life, you know His love never changes. He still loves us, but His love can change everything. And I think that video is a great example. These kids experienced love through the body of Christ, and it began to change their lives. So that's what we do at Straight Ahead. And one of the cool things about this video, I think, is I showed it at another church uh, back in August in, in Portland. And the, one of the people at that church uh, works at Greater Portland Christian Academy. And she went back and told uh, the principal about this video, the soccer coach, I think it was actually. And they had invited me to come to their chapel to share a little bit about the ministry. I showed this clip to them. And... And they got so excited about it, they wanted to do the same thing at Long Creek Youth Development Center. They don't have a football team there, but they have a soccer team. And just like you saw here, there's very few fans. Matter of fact, maybe one or two that go to these Long Creek soccer games. So Greater Portland Christian Academy plays them in soccer. They played them a week before they showed up on their field with a whole bunch of parents and teachers and grandparents. The cool thing is that when this crowd entered the field behind Long Creek Youth Development Center, the soccer players at Long Creek thought, oh my goodness, look at all the fans this team has. They were like, wow, because they're so used to seeing one or two people you know, cheering them on, right? Well, it was... It was the soccer players, and again, it was the parents and teachers just rolling onto the field. And the game starts, and um, the fans are yelling out the Long Creek team's names. We, they knew that number 11 was John, and number 14 was Bill. And so when Bill did something, the fans would yell out, Go, Bill! Way to go, Bill! And Bill's like... And then, then shortly after, they're lifting up posters with their names on them. They're standing up and cheering. And the soccer players at Long Creek are like, players at Long Creek are just like, what is going on? You could just, you could feel it. They were feeling loved. I mean, I think their soccer game must have improved that day because they were on fire. Um, and then there was cheers and just, it was a really great experience. And later on in the game, when the game was over, 
all the fans ran out of the, onto the field and embraced these kids, and, the, and they gave them gifts. And I went into Long Creek the next couple, couple days afterwards, kids still talking about it. The love that they received that day literally touched, and I know for a fact, changed lives. I was meeting kids that I hadn't met before, that I never had met through my Bible studies or mentoring. They were coming up to me saying, hey, that was really cool. An opportunity that, I, that helped create for us to develop new relationships with kids and tell them about Jesus Christ. So that's what we do in Lockup. So I was supposed to show that to you before I got into the world, the, uh, the, uh, the, the worldview piece. Um, but the point with the worldview thing is that I just, I think sometimes we as a church, although we know God's word to be the truth, and we probably have experienced his glory and his life-changing power in our lives, but do we really have eyes to see what God is doing? in and around our community. So I want you to watch this clip now to help you get an idea where I'm going with this. This is called uh, Get Service. <sighs> that kid, every time I'm pulling out, he's right there, man. And someone needs to talk to his parents, if they're ever at home. What is up with the traffic today? It's always, every day, this intersection's always crowded. I hate pulling out of here. Let me see some of these dumb roads. Oh, there's... Oh. <laughs> okay, so I'm not even here. Right. Great lady. The princess of parking. Oh, sure. Take the spot. Way to be considerate. Oh, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Oh. Thank you, man. Oh, it's about time. Let's see, what do I want? Uh, yeah, could I add a cookie to that order? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, uh, no problem, only guy in the world. I'm sure you need your cookie. The world, your oyster, and he's serving your cookie. Thanks, sir. Thank you so much. Uh huh. What can I get for you? Uh, yeah, I'll have a tall decaf macchiato. Yeah, sure, no problem. Two, three, eighty-five. And uh, it might take a few minutes here. We've got quite a line, obviously. And thanks for your patience. Great. Yeah, <laughs> great. Great for me. Waiting again. Unbelievable. What? What is... What am I supposed to do? How can I how can I do anything about that? Can I even help with that? I don't your copy, sir. Oh. I, I can't I can't take this anymore. I, I gotta get out of here. Hey, watch.
So, you see where I'm going with this? You know, I think God has called each and every one of us to be uh, ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. I feel like he's called me to be an ambassador, but he's also called me to be an advocate for young people that are in lockup. So that's what I'm about today, is to talk about uh, um, maybe seeing these young kids in our communities, those young kids maybe coming out of lockup in a different way than maybe perhaps we see them. Um, So I'm an ambassador for the Lord Jesus. I'm also an advocate. And he's called me to be, I guess, a spokesperson for people like Michael. But I think, too, if you were to go in to lock up yourself, whether it be at MCC or Long Creek or wherever else, and you saw what I saw, or you you see what I've seen, I can almost guarantee to every one of you guys, you would become an advocate as well, if you could only see uh, what goes on in these facilities. And it seems like God has given me this ability to look down at the souls of these young people and see what he sees, to see their heart, see their soul. And, and then um, um, almost uh, my heart sort of breaks, uh, aches over the things that I think, how I, th- I think the way God sees them, what God's feeling for them. And so I, um, I just want to, uh, yeah, I guess it's my prayer that, that, that we as a church would open our eyes up to the opportunities around us to love our young people to the Lord. So how, what, what, do, what, can, what do I do in lockup? What do I do exactly in lockup? What could you do in lockup? Well, as I mentioned, you can mentor, you can do Bible studies, you can... Um, be part of the chapel, you can be a coach, you can do a lot of different things. But the cool thing about when you go into this facility, as I mentioned earlier, you can go in and be salty, you can go in and be light, and you can actually make a big difference in this, these areas just by showing up. And um, maybe I have a lot of clips that I'd like to show you to help illustrate, but um, when I go in, I, I don't really feel like I'm a, a, a gifted speaker or I have any one particular great talent. But when I go in, I think what draws kids to, to, to Jesus through me is enthusiasm, is excitement, is a genuine, genuine love for them. And whether it be inside lockup or in our church or in our home or in our community or at the gym that we hang out at, our presence can make a big difference. And um, we, can, we can almost, uh, I don't want to say control our atmosphere, but we can... We can lighten up our atmosphere. We can invite Jesus into an atmosphere. And that can change everything. So this next clip I want to show you, I really like because it gives us, if you can imagine, this is taking place at a college campus. They're in a cafeteria. And as you can imagine, people are rolling in the cafeteria. They're sitting in, at these tables. And they're just doing what they normally do. And something happens in this environment that begins to change everything. So when I go into lockup, I like to think about this clip. Maybe when we go into our communities, wherever we might, be, wherever we might go, maybe you'll think about this clip and how we can make a big difference. Um, uh, how we can make a diff- big difference when we, when we begin to see things, when we begin to allow God's heart to fill us up for, uh, for people around us. So check out this. This is called uh, um, Happiness Machine. Check it out.
you go. <laughs> being an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's fun knowing that we can be contagious Christians, and that if we would open our eyes up and see opportunities and let his love flow through us, I'm here to remind you, his love never changes. No matter where we've been, or no matter what we've gone through, no matter what our experiences have been, his love never changes, but his love can change everything. He can change the environment we live in. So we have the opportunity to go into these places these facilities and allow his love to change the environment completely change the environment and you know whether you're called into prison ministry or just called into some other sort of ministry maybe maybe your ministry is just right here in Wyndham whatever it might be in the grocery store or wherever we might go his love changes everything we we have the ability to make to change an environment I think that's a great clip don't you that that one thing that happened in that environment changed everything and I think God wants us to be happiness Coke machines. You know, we, wherever we go, we can, we can be salt, we can be light. Salt does what? It changes, right? It changes. It, it adds to. It enhances. When light meets darkness, what happens to darkness? It disappears. It's amazing how much control we actually have if we allow the holy spirit to flow through us how much we can change our environment but i think part of it has a lot to do with what we see what are do we see the things that jesus sees and are we allowing those things that he sees to break our heart the way they break his and then are we responding to what we see with his love right and that's kind of where i want to go with this message this morning as Mark read out of uh, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, about Zacchaeus. Who remembers the story about Zacchaeus? I first learned about Zacchaeus when I was a kid. Because there's a song about Zacchaeus, right? And you wouldn't want me to sing it, I promise you. But who remembers Zacchaeus when you, when you were a kid? Who wants to sing the song? We'll let you do that later. So you guys know. Many of you guys know about Zacchaeus. Well, Zacchaeus was, um, he was a criminal. Yes, he was a tax collector. We know that he was a tax collector. We know he's very wealthy. But he was, he was a criminal. He, the, the, the government allowed, gov- his job was to go collect taxes. And the government, the Roman government, allowed him to collect above and beyond. Anything that he collected above and beyond what the Roman government wanted was his. And so guess what? He was very wealthy. He would be, so, he, he had no problem lying, cheating, and stealing from you and pocketing your money. So Zacchaeus was a wealthy man, he was a tax collector, but he also was a criminal. And what, how do you think the community saw Zacchaeus? What was their view? How'd they see Zacchaeus? They despised him. They didn't like him at all, right? Verse 1, Zacchaeus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of, um, excuse me, Jesus entered Jericho, was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. Now, if you were to walk through or enter or pass through Long Creek or MCC, what might you see? What might you see? How would you see those Zacchaeuses? And then the 
the big question is, what might they see? What might they see when you walk through those halls? Would they see Jesus? Zacchaeus wanted to see that Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short and he could not see over the crowd, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore uh, fig tree uh, to see him since Jesus was coming this way. You know what? When we printed this out, it printed out differently than the way uh, um, I would have had it printed out. So I just missed a verse. <laughs> um, Verse 3. Okay, no, I didn't. All right. Yes, it did print out a little bit differently. So Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was, because, but, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked, he looked up and he noticed Zacchaeus. He said to Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. You know, what's really interesting about kids in lockup is that, we, or, or adults even, is they're, they're used to hearing their last name. They don't hear their first name. So when you uh, go into lockup and you call them by their first name, it's, it's, it's kind of like music to their ears. They're not used to hearing their first name. So Zacchaeus um, wanted to see Jesus, and, uh, and Jesus looked up and he saw Zacchaeus and he called him by name. I must stay at your house today. I, want, I think when Jesus looked up and saw Zacchaeus, he, he knew exactly about Zacchaeus. He knew his whole deal. But he still called him by name. And he says, I want to come and visit you. I want to come to your house today. Verse 6. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. But all the people saw this and began to mutter. He wants to go and be guest of a sinner? Doesn't Jesus know the evil that he has done? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, look, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and I have, if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay, pay back four times the amount. So this is what really gets me excited. Here's Zacchaeus. He has an encounter with Jesus. Jesus recognizes him. He calls him out by name. He knows the whole story about Zacchaeus. He has an encounter with him, and what happens? Zacchaeus experiences his love. What happens? His love changes everything. Zacchaeus now says, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone on anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Church, when we love when we love those that are, <laughs> when, we, when our, our love goes out, when our light meets darkness, what happens? It can change everything. And it changed Zacchaeus' life. Jesus says in uh, verse 19, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son. Jesus is saying here, I think, that Zacchaeus is, he sees Zacchaeus as his son. Despite what he's done, he still sees him as a son. He's still willing to die for him. He has a purpose for Zacchaeus. Um, verse, 19, uh, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. For the Son of Man has come, come to seek and save the lost. I can't help but think of John 3.16. Who here is familiar with John 3.16? I'm thinking about John 3.17. 3.16, right? Okay, we all know, most of us know about John 3.16. I know you know about John 3.16, but do you know John 3.17, Josiah? No. I think John 3.17 is just as powerful. Listen to this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. When I go into lockup and I see these down and out young people, they're just waiting for someone to take notice of them. They're just waiting for someone to call them out by name. Uh, they're looking for Jesus, whether they know it or not. And they want to hear what Jesus thinks about them. They want to hear about God's plans um, uh, for their lives. His love never changes, but it can change everything. Church, how do we see the world around us? 
do we see the Zacchaeuses in this world? Do we see them out there? And then, does the Zacchaeuses out there see Jesus? Do they see Jesus in us? Jesus died for us. Are we willing to live for him? Jesus said, freely, freely we have received. Freely we are to give. God has given us so much. Uh, I guess um, what <laughs> I guess what draws me up here to share with you is certainly not my speaking abilities uh, or my education or any degrees that I have because I don't have much for degrees. Um, I don't have uh, a lot of experience doing what I'm doing right now. But what draws me up here is that um, um, God has given me so much. He's transformed my life. He's given me hope. The old is gone. The new has come. He has freely given me so much. And I'm sure that he's given you so much too. And Jesus says, freely we are to give. And um, honestly, I've never experienced more joy in my life than just giving what he has given me. And that is his love. Giving his love away can change everything. His love never changes, but it can change everything. Um, I'm going to read to you a letter of a young man that I'm now currently working with. Um, Michael's one of them. This young guy is in Mountain View. He's not at Long Creek. And typically the guys, the kids that are from Mountain View um, are from the Bangor area, from the county, maybe from as far south as maybe Waterville, Augusta. So this young man lived up in that area, but his dad um, lives down here. And so he's getting out in the next several weeks and he's going to be moving to Wyndham. And thankfully, I found uh, a Christian business in Wyndham that's interested in taking him on as an apprentice. So they, and he's excited about it because he's a musician. And what they do is they do, um, they, they, they are producers. They cut CDs, they mix music, they do web design, they do all sorts of great things. And this young man has ha- the opportunity to work here in Wyndham, be mentored, and learn this business that he's very excited about. He met Jesus in lockup and um, started playing the guitar and he's really good and he's got a stack of te- a stack of songs he has written to the Lord in a folder this thick and he's 19 so he's one of the older kids in lockup and he mentors the younger kids and how he does that is he he sits down with them and they write songs together and they kind of produce them and he and he sings them. I was at a church up in the Bangor area, and he and I had a chance to share with that church. He shared his story. I shared a little bit about Straight Ahead. I'm very excited about him, and he's going to be in our community. And we as a community, I've got to tell you what, it is exciting that he's going to come down here, and I believe God has got some great plans for him. And he's thrilled. He's got a brand new chance at life. But you know what's cool? Is that we could experience something that we would never have experienced if we're willing to see and respond to to uh to god's heart for this guy we can be part of him this life of his and i gotta tell you what if we reach out to people like him and we start loving these guys it will touch your heart it will begin to change the way you see things you'll experience things that i i know jesus wants you to experience well anyways he um wrote this letter and sent it to me just a little while ago he writes hi ken Every time you're here, you seem to brighten up the place. I've been working on writing a few songs and recently been going, uh, going out with helping hands off grounds to help load and unload trees. I'm pretty sore, but I'm glad to be helping out in the community. I'm writing you in regards to Straight Ahead Ministries. You had mentioned that its uh, purpose and focus is to help youth find God in their lives, to help find a way out of all the danger and chaos in the world. When you mentioned this to me, I instantly got goosebumps, not only because it described how God has been working in my life, but how he will work in others through people like you and the awesome people through straight, in Straight Ahead Ministries. Through testimonies and worship and music, hearts and lives of millions of youth around the world can be changed. I wish I could express how happy that makes me because I have seen what God can do. So I guess what I like, uh, what I so I guess what I'd really like to say is that Straight Ahead Ministries is nothing short of my calling. So he's looking forward to helping. Um, he wants to work with Straight Ahead and help kids uh, learn from his experiences. With my um, newfound passion 
and love for the Lord, I want to praise God, tell others about his love, and worship him. With my, uh, with my love for music, I feel that I could have a great impact on many kids in the world, as well as full-grown adults. <laughs> it's uh, what I love to do and want to do. Upon my release in two months, there is nothing I would rather do than spend my days changing, spend my days changing lives in God's name and sharing my powerful story to others. I'd be honored to do the work with you and everyone in Straight Ahead. Thank you, Ken, for taking time to read this and try to get back to me as soon as possible. He's doing well at Lockup right now, so he has the privilege of using the phone um, because he's this close to getting out. He had the interview here in Wyndham last week. It went really well. Um, they're trying to decide whether or not how they can fit him in, but they want to. And so he's calling me up all the time. How's it going, Ken? Have you heard back from me? Have you heard back from them yet? He's, he's very anxious. So um, to see what Christ sees, to hear what he hears, respond with his heart and love uh, and his compassion can change somebody's life. It has happened in his life. It's happened in Michael's life. And what a joy it is to be part of it. And we really would like to invite you, church, to consider being part of what God's doing behind, behind uh, I don't want to say behind bars, but that's, well, that's what it is, really. Sort of. um, so... I'm going to leave you with this last uh, thought. Did you know that um, loving the least of these, Jesus said that um, when we give somebody a cup of cold water, in Matthew 25, we have given it to him. When we clothe somebody that doesn't have clothes, we have done it to him. When we feed the hungry, we have done it to him. When he was in prison, we went and visited him. Him. He says, what you do to the least of these brothers and sisters, you have done it unto me. Today, I think Jesus is inviting you to have, inviting us to have a personal encounter with him. But how do we have a personal encounter with him? We can have a personal encounter with him by spending time in the word of God. We have a personal encounter with him in prayer and in worship. It's interesting. When he says, what you've done to the least of these, you have done to me. To me, that's like a personal encounter. If I've done something to Jesus personally, wouldn't you agree if I had just had an encounter with him? I think today Jesus invited us all to have a personal encounter with him. Um, I'll just leave you with this thought. I've done a lot of different things in lockup, from chapel to Bible studies to mentoring to putting together programs. But one of my favorite experiences was in a Bible study at Long Creek. I'm not sure if Michael was there at this one or not, but I know you were part of that Bible study, but you might not have been to that this one. Um, I was talking about the Father's love, and many of these boys, actually most of them, don't have a relationship with a dad. Um, they don't know what it is to have a relationship with a father. They've not been hugged by a dad. They've not gone fishing with a dad. And it breaks their heart. I've actually seen grown men in lockup cry like babies because they've missed out on having a relationship with a dad. Well, anyways, in this Bible study, we're talking about Father God being their father. And they have a hard time wrapping their mind around that. Why? Because they can't imagine their, this Father God being much different than the Father that they know and experience. So through the Bible study, we were talking about how Father's love can fill that void, how he really wants to father them. Now, I should tell you that you're not supposed to hug kids in lockup. Um, when, they, when you go through orientation at one of these facilities, one of the things they're going to tell you is no physical contact, no hugging. But I've been going into the Long Creek for some time now, so I know the staff, <laughs> And as you get to know the staff and they get to know you, and if you do it right, you might get away with it. So I'm in a Bible study in a classroom off of the Pine Unit, and it's all glass. And um, I probably had about 10 guys in that Bible study. And I said, you know, guys, um, before you leave today, if uh, you would, um, if anybody here would like a hug from me, but I like, I mean, Maybe a hug in a way that you never had one from your dad. Um, maybe a hug the way God, Father God, would want to hug you today. If anybody would like a hug before you leave, I know two or three would say yes. 
and just, you know, hang out here, we'll line up, and we'll, I, I want to hug you before you go. I knew two or three, maybe, but I had no idea that all ten or everybody in that Bible study that day wanted a hug. And, and I didn't know how these hugs were going to go. But um, they, were, they were hugs. They weren't like just quick little hugs. Some of the hugs you could just feel, you know, like arms just trembling. And they, and they were big embraces. And I remember releasing from the hug and looking into their eyes and just seeing hope, seeing love, you know. They were touched, and I was touched too. It was very emotional. So every one of them wanted a hug. And so I left that day, and... Um, and I, and I continue to hug people, young men in lockup. <laughs> um, I remember leaving that particular day thinking to myself, wow, I was so excited. I didn't know what I was feeling exactly. It was a really powerful moment for me as well as I know the, the boys. And I, I had to ask myself, was I looking into the eyes of Jesus when I hug, when, a- after hugging these guys? Was I hugging you, Jesus. I didn't understand what was going on, but it was something powerful. And then I was reminded, I think by Jesus in that moment, when you hug, when you, when you love the least of these, you have done it unto me. All right. So my message was kind of like all over the place. But um, church, when we love the least of these, whether it be here in Wyndham or in Lockup, Jesus says that we have done it unto him. When was the last time you guys had a personal, intimate, life-changing encounter with the Lord Jesus? You want to have a physical experience with him, go love the least of these. And by doing so, you... You have loved Jesus. You've experienced his love. You see, church, God's love never changes, but it can change everything. So I want to end my message with that, and um, thanks for hanging in there with me. <laughs> uh, if, you have, if you'd like to learn more about the ministry, we, what's nice is that I'm learning about church today, uh, Church in Maine, is that it's hard for us to like, we can say to ourselves when we leave here today, I want to go love the least of these. I would love to have a personal encounter of you, with you. I want to, you know, I, I want that. But how do I do it? You know, how do I, how, how can I, how does it work? Well, one thing is if you're feeling at all interested in, in going into lockup and, and using the gifts God's given you, then we'd love to talk to you about, about how that works. We can plug you in. We can make it all work for you. You just show up to one of our training meetings and, we, and you tell us what you like to do and the chances are we can plug you in. We can make it very easy for you. But the truth of the matter is there's hundreds of kids that, believe it or not, I can almost tell you in every facility I've been in that whether they're adults or young people, they want to have a relationship with somebody who sincerely cares. And the large majority of these people in lockup have no one that they could call a mentor, that they, could, that they know that, that they have as a friend that will listen to them and meet them where they're at. There's, I, I, could, I couldn't even, if, you, I, if I had 100 volunteers say, yes, I'd like to mentor some young people, girls and boys in lockup, I could easily find a, 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 someone for you to mentor. The need is huge. And I've got to tell you one thing too. If we aren't doing this church, if we're not loving the least of these, if we're not going into lockup like Jesus said and doing this unto him, then guess what happens to these young people? More and more young people are going into lockup than ever before. And we're paying as a community, we're pay, as a state of Maine, we're paying 450 bucks a night for kids to stay in lockup. They go into lockup and they get out. What, ha- what do you think happens? They come right back. If we're not there waiting for them and we're not ready to love them, they, they don't have a chance. They end up back in jail again. I go into jail. The majority of kids I meet with, Michael will tell you the same thing, are there a second, third, 
fourth time. And then I go to MCC, and guess what? They're there. They go back to our communities. They try to make a go of it. They affect our communities in a negative way. Church, if we love the least of these, his love never changes, and it can change everything. We have an opportunity to go in, develop relationships. And the second piece of that is that when they come out, if we're not there waiting for them at the door, if we're not there waiting for them at the door, who is? These new baby Christians that have met Christ in lockup. If, they're not, if we're not at the door, church, waiting for them to come out, who is? It's called the devil, the enemy. He's waiting to kill, steal, and destroy everything that God did in lockup. So I ask you, church, we are in the, we're praying and believing that there might be a building here in Raymond um, that kids could transition into, and they could, they, we could help them integrate back into the community as followers of Christ. But all this is great to talk about, but it isn't going to happen unless the church says, I care about our young people, our fatherless boys, our fatherless young girls, and I'm willing to love the least of these. And I promise you, if you do, you will have an encounter that will not only change their lives, but it will change yours. So I invite you into what God's doing. We need you, the church. Needs, I mean, they need the church. Uh, it's easy doing ministry in lockup, but it's not so easy doing it out of lockup. Um, would this be a church that uh, would be interested? I'm asking you. If you are, then come talk to me or Rich. Um, and we'll tell you how we can figure something out and, pl- and, and give you the opportunity to exercise the spiritual gifts God's given you. Freely gave you. He, you freely received. So let's freely give. In the name of Jesus. All right, Father God, I just thank you um, for, uh, Lord, I don't know how you're going to take all this and, and make it fit and give it understanding and give it wisdom and discernment to to this congregation i have no idea because to me it's just like i've been all over the place but i know that you are a god that can take all this stuff organize it in their thoughts (laughs) and give them wisdom give them direction you can stir in their heart and if you are in fact calling them to get involved in something like this lord god i pray that you would give them the courage lord to step out and just try this thing on to see if it is a fit and lord i um i just pray together as a church we pray for the kids in at long creek we pray for the young people up at MCC. Lord, they are looking for hope. They're dying to, to meet you, Jesus. They may not know it, but I know they're looking for you. They're just waiting for you to show up. So, Lord, I pray if you are stirring our souls once again, Lord, that we would rise up as a church and show up and make you real to those who desperately need you. And so we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. on her way up here real soon and um, <clears throat> but Ken we want to say thank you um, let me just say it this way if you're a believer the missionary, par- missionary part of your DNA has to be beating a little bit right now right we're all called for this is one great place to be involved I know that there's different levels so don't overblow this but don't let it get away. I know Tim's been on a father-son retreat with them. I mean, they fought off bears with sticks. What else could you, what else could you hope for, right? I mean, there's nothing more manly than that. Uh, maybe it's a father-son retreat. Maybe for a, a guy who doesn't have a father. Maybe it's moving to the direction of even being a mentor who's deeply involved in the lives of these guys day in, day out. Maybe it's taking what you thought, what you've heard here, and taking it maybe into something that God's calling you to do. But please, take time to just stop to talk. Don't let it go away. Okay? Don't ignore it. As the Spirit moves, don't, don't repress that. Don't resist Him. Instead, follow up. The other great thing about this is, remember, God didn't call us to make these decisions by ourselves. So that's why we talk to people. It's not all on you to have to figure this all out. Okay? So, so let's talk. Let's, let's work together to figure out, boy, God, how do I do this? Okay?
So again, just so thankful, Ken, for you sharing with us. Pray for Straight Ahead Ministries. Find out more. Remember, there's three kind of key roles. We got what? We got prayers, right? People who need to pray. We need people to be actively praying through this. We also need senders, people who will financially uh, be a part of this, right? And um, they'll they'll be a part of, of making these types of things happen. And then we also need people to go. And and every single one of us has a role in that today. So we're going to sing. We're going to thank Jesus for being who he is for us, that he rescued us from lockup. We're the ones, we're just like these kids. I hope we don't see ourselves any differently. <laughs>